Hello, massagepreneurs and uh, massagepreneur curious. If you've been listening to our little podcast for a little while, or maybe you haven't, but if you have, um, you know that Allie and I feel very passionately about providing a client-centered massage for um, our, our clientele base. And I mean, really, we feel that this should be the standard for all massage therapists, if for no other reason than to elevate the massage massage profession in the healthcare field. I apologize for uh, stuttering over my words a little bit. We're recording in Allie's space, and I Allie has a lovely cat, Tacoma, and I love Tacoma, but my <laughs> allergies don't love Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma is a little obtrusive, for yeah. sure. Yeah. She's a strong lover, not not a lot of boundaries. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so to elevate this field is is really important to both of us. But obviously, there's many, many other reasons uh, that we plan to touch on in this episode. So uh, thanks to a student in Allie's course, this question came up, and we thought we'd take the time to cover it here in the podcast. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hardworking, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Do you struggle with communication? Are your clients telling you, I don't feel like you're listening to me, or I don't feel like you're hearing me? Shoot, maybe your friends and loved ones are telling you this. I personally would feel exceptionally grateful that people appreciated me enough to say something like that. We don't always have the benefit of that feedback, but it's important. We know that if our clients are telling us this or we're getting this kind of feedback, our clients aren't going to put up with it forever. And trouble with client communication can turn into loss of client retention and nasty word of mouth viruses that spread like wildfire. Gross. No viruses. Uh, We've had enough of that, right? (laughs) (laughs) We don't need that one spreading around. So One of the experiences or or some of the experiences that maybe you've shared, have you ever had that experience when you go in for a massage for a specific issue and the therapist like doesn't address the issue at all, decides that your issue stems from like your big toe or somewhere else and you're like, man, my shoulder is really killing me and they just never touch it. And maybe, maybe it is the case that the underlying issue stems from the big toe. Who knows? But if your client's coming in with that issue, their pain point should definitely feel like it's had some work. And I know I've personally had that experience. I 100% have had that experience as well. So freaking annoying. Maybe another another, uh, experience that comes to mind is the therapist talks through the whole damn massage, never giving you a second to air pressure adjustment needs or technique refinement. And that is just, unfortunately, it happens so often in our profession. It's just straight up bad practice and, uh, 
and way too prevalent in our industry. So one of the ways that we can combat these nasty behaviors that uh, prevail in our industry and maybe kind of obliterate them is through client-centered massage. That's the solution. So what does that look like? Yeah. So my feeling is that a client-centered massage means that we're really checking our opinions and our own past experiences and any prejudices that we have. We're just checking them at the door. So this doesn't mean that we're ignoring our own needs, but we're making sure that we're holding space for our clients and and space for their own unique experiences while still honoring our own boundaries because... I am the queen of boundaries. Boundaries super important. <laughs> so my feeling is in learning how to give a client-centered massage, great hands-on skills are awesome. Anatomical knowledge is key. But the real power is in having our shit together. Oh my gosh, I can't agree with you enough. <laughs> and so that, important. Totally. And that brings us to the first point of many that we have around clear communication and client-centered massage and active listening, how these can really contribute to having a healthy, thriving practice. The first component is to get your shit together. So like Becca was saying, how many therapists have you met that are just a complete hot mess? Hot mess. Oh my goodness. Racing in, same time as the client, like don't have, oh, I got to put sheets on. Oh my goodness. I, can I, can I call my, I have to call my son's soccer teacher. Cause like, you know, like what? And there's just nothing worse than going in for a relaxing, restorative, therapeutic massage only to have this type of behavior, to hear a monologue from your therapist about how they're trying to quit smoking, Oof. how they're on again, off again, boyfriend is a total jerk. Mm. It's just super inappropriate. So one of the ways that we can check ourselves at the door is by digging into our own experiences around touch, sex, intimacy, and body image issues. So when we're able to get really comfortable and in touch with our own touch history, it's able to provide us with the strength and guidance to be present and more actively present for our clients. So one of the ways to do this is to spend time exploring how these issues have played out and how they've played into us becoming massage therapists in the first place, how they're contributing to our strengths, our weaknesses, and our boundaries. So one way we can do this is by journaling, meditating, seeking professional help, and my feeling is that once we have gotten clear on our own triggers our own holdups, our own traumas, that then we can truly be present for our clients. Because these sensitive issues, they they just, they create so much conflict for so many of us. Yeah, I think, you know, it's just natural. I couldn't agree more, Ali. And, you know, it's it's really emotional to dig into things like sexual abuse, eating disorders, violent touch, Even if you don't have horribly traumatic experiences regarding these topics, I promise that there's triggers around it. It's just human nature. Becca, do you remember digging into this in massage school? This was a huge part of our curriculum, which, you know, was uncomfortable, but it was, it it really paid off. 
because when you walk into the room, you have already left all your bullshit, which doesn't end when you get that certificate and start working on people and start moving into your profession. But um, it gives you the space to leave that at the door and really, truly be there for your client, hear them and create a space that is safe for them to heal, move move through whatever it is that they need to move through. Yeah. I feel like in the school that we went to, one of the things that really set our program apart from other programs that I've observed is how in-depth they went into that personal history, accountability, digging into our past, becoming whole around our past. And I personally attribute that to my success as a massage therapist and my success in these client communications. But really, the work doesn't stop once you get out of school. Never stops. It doesn't, (laughs) unfortunately. You know, this this is ongoing work. So our next step, our next tip is to ask good questions. So Becca, do you have some examples of good questions that you find really pertinent and helpful when you're communicating with your clients? Yeah. So I, I mean, as many of you know, I work in, I have worked a long time in the spa environment, so it's very client centered, Um, but you can do so many to the point sometimes that you just kind of like get numb and turned off. So it's really good to have a specific spiel that you, so you're getting these, these very uh, good indicators of what your client's wanting to experience. This translates into private practice because I have that as well. So asking what your client's expectations are, do they want to feel relaxed at the end of the session? Or do they have a specific area that needs treatment? Do they want both? Do you want a specific area treated and feel relaxed at the end of your service? feeling like everywhere has been addressed. And there's tricks to not necessarily having to give a full body, deep, thorough massage, but still leave them feeling, you know, like everything has been addressed and they had a complete massage. Yeah. Um, and Beck and I were just talking earlier, actually, about one of my pet peeves is oftentimes when I go in for a massage, I'll have one area that I would be happy if it got worked on the entire massage. I would be happy if they worked on my one forearm for an entire hour. And I find it so rare that I'm able to find a therapist who's willing to spend that really concentrated time on one area like that. But that's that's a part of practicing these good active listening skills. Yeah. If someone's telling you that, that's what they want. Yep. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, so that's a huge, huge one right there. And then you know exactly what type of container that the therapeutic experience is going to be. And even if it's a relaxing massage, just as a reminder, that's very therapeutic. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. It's just a different kind of therapeutic. Yeah. I let the client know right off the bat that I leave the conversation in the service up to them. If they want to chat throughout the entire service, I take my cues from them and I'm happy to do so. But if they want to take a nap, meditate, not feel like they have to entertain anybody, that I'm holding space for them to do that. And I have so many clients, and I always start that uh, with my private clients as well, so they know that. And sometimes they're very talkative and sometimes they're not. But I've had so many clients just almost like, it's like a weight has been lifted off their shoulders and they go, oh, thank you. 
And if it changes throughout the massage, that's totally fine. But we leave that up to our clients. Totally. They're in control, right? They're the boss. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we don't have boundaries around what's acceptable and what's unacceptable. But when it comes down to it, they are the boss. Right. Well, we're giving them a set of boundaries uh, for their experience. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all about them. And obviously, there's a certain framework that's appropriate for them ways of behavior. And I think we've talked about this in a few episodes. I think so too. Yeah. Inappropriate behavior. But, you know, we need to create a safe experience for them. And if they really need to check out and not do nervous chatting or whatever, it's so important that we give them control in that, in that arena. And like we just mentioned, like so many times, there's just way too much conversation in the in the therapy room without it's it's hard to tell someone to shut up. Well, so that this is our next this is our next point, right? <laughs> Becca Becca came up with this point and I love that she came up with this point. Shut up and listen. And I I think it's really funny because I have been working on this book that we'll see if it ever gets gets brought to light. But, it's coming. It's coming <laughs> down the pipeline. Um the book is called Just Shut Up How to Give a Client Centered Massage and Build a Thriving Practice. And, you know, I think that this idea that we just need to shut up is it's really important. However, I think that ironically, if you were to pull a sampling of my regular clients, many of them would tell you that we talk the entire session. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important for us to be clear here that it's okay to talk during a session as long as we have the ability to shut up when it's appropriate. As long as we have that ability to turn off the spigot, (laughs) so to speak. And for a lot of clients, like for your regular clientele, I mean, you have such a relationship. How's your kids? Da, 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 da. I saw you at the farmer's market. You know, that these relationships, maybe they've spanned years. Or decades. Decades. So there's a level of intimacy that's maybe deeper than a first you know, time client or or a new, you know, repeat client. But still, it is really nice for your regular client that you've been seeing for over 10 years to know that, man, if they're having a week where they just don't want to talk and they come in and they're just kind of, you know, shut mouthed, that you're going to take that cue and you're going to hold space for them. And I've had clients in the past too who you know, I try to create a space where they feel really comfortable sharing what they want and need when they come in to see me. And I've had clients who, you know, they'll tell me this week, I really want to talk. And, you know, then the next time they come in, like, I just want to be quiet. I don't want to talk to you Mm -hmm. at all this session. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, sometimes our clients are verbally processing with us. I think, you know, a lot of times there's, there's other reasons other than physical reasons, which you alluded to earlier, there's, there's mental reasons for getting massage. And so often these delicate positions that our clients might be in, like when they're recovering from a divorce or a death in their family or some other hardship, that they they might need just a listening ear. And, you know, obviously we're not psychotherapists, so we're not offering advice, but sometimes we can practice active listening skills and just hear things with an open heart and just allow them to process in their body as they process verbally. Yep. And that is also therapist and client kind of comfort level. So that those boundaries are going to differ 
across therapists and maybe you're the kind of therapist that doesn't feel comfortable with that and that those are the boundaries that you're going to set through maybe not directly but like other cues nonverbal cues or maybe not engaging when you know a topic that you don't really want to get into with a client or you feel crosses a boundary just you know you don't engage and that creates a boundary well and that's totally appropriate yeah and this is this is something too that I wanted to bring up is that another thing to keep in mind when you're learning how to, learning how to just shut up is that it isn't just about the client that sometimes it's about creating healthy boundaries for your own benefit mm-hmm. so like you know for me like when my brother died and when I got divorced and when I was pregnant like I wasn't necessarily ready to talk about all of these things with my clients and I wasn't ready to have questions brought up and for them to keep asking me about it every time they saw me and so you know it was it was it was sometimes a protection mechanism for myself and like you know maybe that's about your own personal life as a therapist, but it could also be like if you have a client who's going through something that triggers you, yep. it could be protection for you around their issues as well. And so, you know, there are ways to kind of re- redirect the conversation. And one of the greatest ways that I think I've seen this done is to, you know, when things kind of, when someone gets real chatty or when someone starts talking about something that, you know, isn't, it's triggering to you or you, you don't want to go there is to kind of bring things back to the body. How are you feeling this work in your shoulder? How is this, this work that I'm doing affecting you? Like how does that range of motion feel like bringing it back to the body? Absolutely. And I think all that we've kind of covered really goes back to our first point, which is get your shit together, like <laughs> clear out your own house, know who you are, know where you are, know where, know where your boundaries are. And, those can shift, but you're constantly doing this internal listening, this internal gauge. They shift day to day. So just know where you're at. Yeah. And then all of this other stuff kind of falls into place. So yep. very key, uh, critical point. Our next tip is to repeat what you believe you heard your client say for clarification. You know, I love this one. This is like Becca's. (laughs) (laughs) Becca, where did you learn this tip, Becca? Uh, I learned it in our wonderful program. Um, From what book? Yeah, so we, there was a huge component of communication in our program, which I took into my personal life in a huge way. (laughs) But the... um, the format that we used or the model that we used was nonviolent communication. And so, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of people that hate nonviolent communication and that is, I mean, that's totally fine. There's plenty of other methods for um, active to, to develop active listening, but this was a huge piece that I took away. I used in, well, so my, my little experiment while we were going through our massage program was my mother was living with me and we had an extremely toxic relationship, zero communication. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put some of these into practice, which, you know, in, in class, it was like, you're doing it with a teacher and these people that you don't really know, like, you know, your mother. And <laughs> it's a different experience. It feels forced. It feels kind of fake, right? But with mom, holy moly, I I, I used it and it worked. So there's a lot of other pieces to the NBC model. But when you hear your clients say something, and sometimes they don't always have the words to articulate how their body's feeling, where that pain is feeling, you repeat what you've heard. And that gives them the opportunity to clarify. Oh, no, that's not what I meant. So maybe you didn't hear it correctly, or maybe they need to refine their clarification. It's to me, an excellent 
tool. <laughs> okay, and so Becca, this this book, Nonviolent Communication, is by Marshall Rosenberg. Yep. That's the book that like really helped you to develop better communication skills with an active listening. Oh yeah. I've used it in my marriage. Um, I recommend it to friends. There's workshops you can take. It's a pretty, you know, I think most people are familiar with NVC as a term, you know, they might not necessarily be familiar with the whole framework, but it's, I mean, I think it's a fantastic tool. Definitely helped me a whole lot. And like I said, some people really hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I found it a little annoying. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think there's some good tips in there. I think it is good to repeat back what you believe you hear clients say. Um, I can't even really tell you exactly why the book annoyed me. I, I, I don't know. It could have been the stage I was at. It could have been some of my own stuff that I was working through. I'm not sure. But Well, I just got done doing a 300-hour yoga teacher training, and uh-huh. there was a uh, obviously communication aspect to that because in a 300-hour, people are kind of working – there's usually a student base that is managing studios or owning studios. And uh, one of the teachers NBC model came up and she was like, "Mm, I hate the NBC model. (laughs) And she like hates it. Like it's been used on her and she found it really condescending and all these things. So, you know, it's not the only way out there um, and it might not work for you, but there's pieces from all of these different methodologies that can, that can work for you. So try them out. But I would say, like, if you're not clear on something, just say, okay, wait a minute. I just want to make sure I have this right. This is what I'm hearing you say. And repeat. Yeah. (laughs) And then it gives them the opportunity for clarification. And that's definitely, there is a whole formula to the MBC model. But I think that one you can get away with not using the model. And at any point in time, there's not clarity. Just repeat it. Yeah. Create space. Yeah. So another... um, one, and this Allie brought up, which I was like, oh, yeah, I forget about this because it's so ingrained, but listen for unspoken cues. And what does that look like, Al? Yeah. So, I mean, that could be a twitch in the muscle, a tightening in the shoulders, or it could be like an energetic shift that you feel in the treatment room. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people aren't really comfortable speaking up. And, you know, this could be because it's a new relationship with a new client or because sometimes people are healing from trauma, uh, violence, abusive touch, and they've learned unhealthy touch. And, you know, here we have this wonderful opportunity to change that for someone if we're keyed in enough, because touch hasn't always been a positive experience in everyone's life. So it's just vital that we're sensitive to this reality. And realize that many clients may not be very adept at asking for what they need. And so just knowing that we have a huge responsibility to energetically introduce ourselves to our clients before just like barging into mm-hmm. the process and to paying attention to these these unspoken cues. If you're getting like a strong message to back up then back up and trust that intuition that you're feeling think that so often we don't trust our intuition and it's there for a reason and the more we can tap into it the the better we're going to be at having really client-centered massages where people just want to come back and feel safe safe and heard this was another point that we spent a lot of time in in our program 
um, is just broadening our view to see the whole client while we're giving a massage. So not getting so focused in on the area, but being aware of the whole body and then be comfortable asking questions. You know, if you notice that I pressed here and that twitched, okay, is my pressure okay? Was that a tickle? Like, did that feel ticklish? Or maybe your client's falling asleep, but it gives, they're not going to be pissed that you asked a question uh, at that point, because sometimes it's very, very important, you know, and all that information is just more information for you. Okay. This was the kind of physical reaction, this, you know, that, that happened in the experience. And that's just more of an inventory of a body vocabulary that you take into other sessions with you. So yeah, all good, all good for sure. Our next thought is that it's important to slow down. <laughs> so when we're attempting to practice active listening, it is super helpful to slow down so that we make sure that we're fully hearing what our clients are trying to communicate. And there's really, there's a beauty in slowing down. There's something just so tranquil and organic and relaxed about slowing down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys are modern family <laughs> fans out there, but Phil Dunphy, he has one of my favorite quotes of all time. So it's slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. You love it. This quote, it just always cracked me up because I just find it so true in my life. When I'm trying to get things done, whether I'm running errands, getting ready in the morning, or conducting that intake with a client, my initial intake with a client, when I move too quickly, I make mistakes. And then it takes me longer. So, you know, maybe you're knocking over your client. (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to, we don't want to knock over any clients. Definitely. That's, that's a goal here, guys. Yeah. And I mean, if you're a new practitioner, it can be really hard to slow down. You're nervous, anxious, you know, I mean, all these feelings are coming up. You're, you just opened your own business. Take a few deep breaths, Mm -hmm. close your eyes. Yep. Imagine a tranquil location. (laughs) All these things help, you know, you, you want to create the environment that is going to be the most healing for your clients. And if you haven't slowed down, it's going to be real hard for them to slow down. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And then our last suggestion is to stay present. This one's hard. It can be really hard. It can be really hard. Yeah. My favorite story with staying present is I have this friend, Jen, who's also a massage therapist. And we were going to meet for dinner after she had one more massage for the day. And so I told her as she was going into session, I said, "Um, why don't you think about where you want to eat? Where do you want to meet me? And she was like, no, like super assertive with her no. And I was was like, okay, (laughs) what's going on here? And she's like, well, I am going to be focused on my client. I am going to be focused on what is going on with my client. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good reminder that we shouldn't be thinking about where we want to go to dinner, what we need to pick up at the grocery store, whether our son had a good day at school, like whatever it is the fight we had with our mom, yeah, whatever it is, we should stay present and pay attention to what's going on with our clients. Yeah. I have a horrible story that I'm going to share with everybody. Don't do this. <laughs> so I had moved, I think I was, I don't know, maybe five years into my massage career um, as a professional. And 
I was in a new location and I was hustling. I was working hard. I I was doing too much, but you know, that's also these these cues. They're they're um there to kind of reassess for ourselves. Anyway, I don't know what day I was on, what number of massages I was on. I was working on this girl, totally freaking checked out. I was thinking about my grocery list. I was hungry. <laughs> like there were so many things. And I said, okay, it's time to turn over. I'm going to lift up Did my spiel. And she goes, are you going to massage my other leg? <laughs> I have forgotten. <laughs> so I had done this half-ass massage. Let's be honest. This is a half-ass massage. And I had massaged one leg. And I had totally forgot to massage the other leg. I've had, I've had clients where they've forgotten that I massaged their other leg because they were, like, so zoned out. But this is, this is, this is the opposite of that. Oh yeah. You like forgot. Yeah. This, this is the opposite (laughs) of being present. (laughs) And I laughed. I, for me, it was a a huge slap in the face of like, okay, doing, making money and doing too many massages, too much, too much work, too many massages, not getting enough sleep, all these things wasn't really where I need, like I needed to reel it in and I needed to be present because that's the most important thing. And um, the woman was pissed. She complained. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't get better after that. So, you know, I mean, we're all going to have these reminders, but maybe your reminder can just be on this podcast. Like stay present. Don't ever have that. Yeah. Listen experience. to us. Learn from us. That's what I always say, right? Like <laughs> learn from us. We've made many mistakes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so our clients might have emotional releases on our table. They might moan during their treatment. Mm -hmm. They may chatter the entire duration of our treatment. If we fail to stay present, what we're doing is we're failing to hold that therapeutic containers for our clients to explore their own healing journey. We need to remember that it's our client's time to relax, reconnect, and rejuvenate, not our own. If we have needs that must be met, we should schedule a massage, psychotherapy session, or a date with a friend not use our client's time for our own purposes. So therapists, please scrutinize your intentions, evaluate your thoughts, and be honest with yourself. Make sure that you've done the hard work internally, that you are coming from the most grounded, centered, authentic, and caring place. This can take a while, and you may need to periodically reevaluate where you are on that health scale, but this is your job. And it might be the most important part of working as a massage therapist. So please get digging, get your hands dirty, cry, laugh, and heal. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.